I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad, is sad clown. Dude, that's pretty good. This is The Gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in The Gloom. And we're back. Uh, this is a, this is going to be a good one, folks. I'm excited for this guy. Uh, just had so many great conversations out in the gloom on on runs and at workouts uh, and at Q Source, and have just been inspired uh, by the by this man and his leadership. I got T Ball on today, and uh, man, T Ball, it's good to see you. You look good. Uh, you know, it's um, yeah, just a pleasure to interview you, man. And I would wonder if you'd just take us back to where it all started. Uh, who EH'd you? What was the first workout like? And, uh, How'd you get the name? Yeah, we'll do. Um, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's great to chat with you and, um, happy to share my story. Uh, I think there's a lot that are like it. Um, nothing that's particularly, uh, amazing in terms of my story versus other guys. Um, but, uh, my journey began, um, probably a few months before, july 2021 uh, i was actually july 14th uh would have been at top rope uh i had bear grills and uh, dr thunder were after me for uh, a few weeks had mentioned it um i'd actually heard about this group probably six to eight months before from uh, honey stinger who's been a longtime friend of mine and um just never you know like a lot of guys they hear about it and they say yeah yeah and then uh, never really get around to doing it uh, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, baseball and softball and all of our uh, kids' activities had kind of wrapped up for the summer. And I said, you know what, I am going to give this a try. So uh, they picked me up on a dark morning, pretty humid, pretty warm. I said, we're going to go to Top Rope. had no idea where that was at. Um, just It was just a location. I'm thinking this is the spot where everybody goes, you know, not no, realizing there's multiple AOs. I knew nothing about it otherwise. Um, that day, uh, Mother Goose was on the queue and uh, got introduced to lots of new exercises. I, I joke, but I say my my main exercise that day was lateral neck stretches because I was uh, they would name an exercise and I would look to my left and look to my right to see what everybody else was doing. Uh, so I got a good neck workout that day, but uh, got introduced to monkey hoppers and merkins and all the different names and. Thought it was uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, the energy was great. I was kind of surprised I was able to hang for that workout and had been in semi decent shape. Definitely not running shape, but um, uh, had been in good enough shape at that point to to make it through and not die in the first workout. But it was definitely a, a very tough workout. Um, they told me I needed gardening gloves beforehand and didn't realize uh, why that was until you get on a. Uh, hard pavement surface and uh, the, the uh, basketball court there certainly does qualify as that. So realize the value of gardening gloves in my uh, bag right away. So, um, you know, kind of went on that uh, day and, you know, realized the only two guys I knew were Dr. Thunder and um, Bear Grylls. And this is kind of the interesting part of the fitness journey. I think that everybody goes through because 
after that is completed, you're kind of reaching out to the same guys and saying, okay, where are you going next? You know, is there, is this the same place tomorrow? And they say, well, no, tomorrow you're going to go to Copperfields and that's the, it's called the maze. I say, okay. So I say, you guys going to be there? No, no, we're, I got work meeting. I got this going. I said, okay. So I really enjoyed it. thought it'd be interesting and uh, said, you know what, maybe I'll just go out and do this thing myself and, and see how it goes. And uh, that's where I met Escobar. I spent a good portion of that workout and kind of stretching time uh, visiting with him and getting to know him, find out him and uh, his wife and me work at the same place at Nebraska Medicine. And so thought that was uh, kind of coincidental. I'm like, this is neat. You know, I met this guy and his wife works at the med center. And then that was the first of many <laughs> opportunities I had to meet people and then find out I knew somebody they knew or, or had some connection with somebody. And, um, and man, that's two years plus later. It's amazing how many connections you've made, uh, in the gloom, just talking to guys and getting to meet them where they come from. It might be a small town. It could be, uh, going to school with somebody, you know, and then they know four other people that, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me the most was how, and we joked about this at Source this morning, but when you started, how just attending a workout was kind of a badge of, a badge of honor. And you watch these guys pre-running and had to, had to laugh at them and go, why are they running before the workout? That doesn't make any sense. And now we're all at a point in our fitness where a lot of us go, you know, when, when you show up and you don't pre-run and you just attend a beat down, it kind of feels like you missed something, you know, like you didn't quite get a workout in. Uh, yeah. so that was always funny and people go you ran a 5k this morning or you ran a 10k this morning and they just think it's nuts and to you that's like kind of a warm-up for the workout you know so um it's yeah. crazy what the human body can do with consistency and and just friendships and having other guys that are going through that with you so i, I that's been my favorite part so far for sure well well back us up a little bit that first workout uh, you get in the circle and you get a name. How did that yeah. go? And how, how did we land on T-Ball? Pretty self-explanatory. I mean, my my kids and their sports activities, it's a heavy softball baseball family. So all three kids are in activities. We're running and going. And I had coached my son in select for well, select and rec ball when he first started around eight. So it was six or seven years that I had coached um, and then finally got out of that. So I was um, I kind of finished that journey, uh, but still running kids around to activities. And so I just happened to mention that something interesting about myself. And since I haven't had any prison time, interesting stories otherwise. Uh, and I think we... But yeah, no tattoos. I believe we had a thunderstorm rolling in that morning. Mother Goose was pretty quick on the trigger. He said, give me some baseball names. And the name started flying and he heard T-ball and he just points at me and he goes, you're T-ball. And that was it. So. Did you, um, did you play baseball growing up? I did. Yeah. I, I played up through Legion ball my senior year of high school. Um, played, uh, Played catcher uh, mostly. That was my primary position from the time of seven, eight years old on until uh, senior in high school. And did a lot of slow pitch softball in college and stuff just because there really weren't any baseball leagues and kind of passes you back. You know, your athleticism goes away. And just... yeah, yeah. Um, it was fun to play slow pitch softball, but that, those ended up being more beer drinking leagues and stuff like that. And then yeah. you start having kids and you leave that behind pretty quick. So. 
That was an athletic journey. Well, you know, I guess from my perspective, you've always been a pretty fit guy. So what, I mean, was that workout the first one hard for you or what was, I mean, what were you doing before you came into the group? Yeah, actually, um, I've kind of balanced myself back the other way uh, in terms of F3 workouts because my wife and I for years had uh, kind of been each other's workout partner. You know, we did a lot of at-home workouts and we attended a gym together and she would split and do some different stuff, but we were always there for each other. And I think that was kind of hard for her. Um, and so I've tried to get back to that where we're lifting two or three days a week. I think one guy that kind of inspired me to really take a hard look at that, and even though it, he doesn't know this because it wasn't really a conversation we had, but it was Tony the Tiger. Because somebody had mentioned to me, they said, well, you know, he only posts a couple of days a week because him and his wife work out. And it kind of hit me, you know, and I said, that's something I really need to think about doing because I know she was struggling and um, just for the consistency side of it. And, you know, I always ask myself, like, would I do all these morning workouts if there was no other guys in the parking lot? And the answer is absolutely not. You know, I wouldn't show up and do some hard workout on a piece of paper with no other packs being there, right? So match that same issue to my wife, like why she would have problems getting up every single day and doing this workout in basement by herself. Of course it's hard, you know, and having an accountability partner, I think is a really big part of that. So I've tried to be that for her, but also still, get out and run, you know, she doesn't like to run as much as I do. And, and that's doing the pre-runs and that has been a real journey. So, you know, it's a balance, like everything in life is just trying to find that happy medium where you're meeting both things and still getting what you need out of it. Heck yeah, man. No, no, I love that. And I think um, my wife's not a morning person, so I, I, I can't convince her. <laughs> We've had those discussions that I'm like, but no, I, I think that's great. Yeah. And, and how, cool to focus your time on that relationship too right i think it's that's awesome and i'm sure we'll get into that here in a few minutes as we talk about q source but do you feel like your fitness i mean how is your fitness today compared to when you started have you maintained or improved or you feel like you're more or less fit or what's what's that been like for you yeah i mean there was a point in time where i was five six days a week so i think i could say i was probably a little more fit i don't think that i'm not fit um, because I'm getting it from different angles. And, you know, Griswold and I talked about this too, about lifting. And that's one thing her and I do together is we lift a couple of days a week and it's, you know, pretty heavy lifting. And and he had mentioned too, even with jujitsu and some of the stuff he does and other guys do, he said, lifting is imperative for uh, taking care of your soft tissues. You know, he said, you if you run every single day, you're going to break down. Um, maybe that's not true for everybody, but I think for me it is because when I run a lot and I put in a lot of miles on the hamstrings, my soft tissues, my knees, everything starts feeling it. Uh, and I've found that now that I'm lifting and running a little bit less, I've hit a really good balance. So could, you know, maybe I've added a couple of pounds and maybe muscle tons a little different, but overall very good shape. And I would say at this age, doing what we do, I think the fitness is certainly much better than it was in our twenties when we were kind of a hot mess and, you know, we had pretty busy social lives and no kids and it was, you know, our, at least me, you know, my focus was on me. It wasn't on uh, other people and trying to be a best version of myself. It was on whatever made me feel good. And that's many times not good for us. You know? No. What if you think about the long, the long game, right? 
I want to be in good shape or at least healthy when I'm 80 or whatever, you know, then you do need right. to out with some, some weights and not just the running. But what, um, so tell me as you were sort of getting started, where did you go as far as locations? Like, did you, so you started top row, hit up maze. I mean, how did you navigate that? Cause I, I actually have an FNG that just started, uh, this last Saturday and he sent me a funny text that I, I guess just from an F and G perspective, it made sense, but he's like, do I have to tell somebody that I'm going or like, and it's like, well, no, <laughs> you just, you just look at the list and show up. But how did yeah. you navigate that? Um, it was dictated, I think more by at least initially Bear Girls and Dr. Thunder kind of telling me where they go and what sites they posted at. But there was a really big group of us that started in the summer of 2021 and it's a lot of guys i'm really close to and i we're we all celebrate the same anniversaries kind of like you do with guys that were kind of part of that og group you know yeah. um and i think that coming into it at the same time as a lot of those guys we all kind of had similar posting sites because there weren't as many aos and they were more spread out geographically you know so it's really funny about top rope because I've only been back to top rope once since my um, beatdown because the week after top rope, that, that initial beatdown, the following week, they said, Hey, there's a new pop-up at Millard South. That's going to be called main stage. And I said, well, that's a lot closer to my house. I'm going to go to that. So I ended up going there and I was a regular there for a good year, year and a half. This ended up becoming one of my workout days and my wife was a Wednesday. So I haven't been back there recently. Um, but I find a lot of guys that really dictated where they went and probably was good for F3 as a whole in Omaha because of the packs that were all starting to congregate at different places. Like the maze was getting 30 plus guys a day. Main stage was getting to the point where it was 20, 25 guys a day. And these groups would get big enough that you'd kind of migrate to guys you knew, you know, and you'd maybe stick around two or three guys. And I think that, um, where I've had some of my best workouts and funnest and most memorable beatdowns is ones where I'm saddled up next to a guy I don't really know that well. And by the end of the workout, you're talking, and then you can carry that conversation over into the cafeteria. And, and that's where real connections are made. And I don't think you get those when you're with the same guys all the time. It's still fun yep. to see those guys, but I think part of the original guys who maybe were part of that group at eight or 10, and they went to two or three sites a week, and they were always around each other when they had to starfish out, that probably was a hard transition because they missed that those friendships. But the trade-off is you get to meet more guys and impact more guys that you don't know and spread this knowledge of how to do this properly and how this whole thing works. Um, and you need some experience to do that. I think it's, in the, in the beginning, that's the thing that's really hard for new guys is you come out and you don't know that many guys. And if you don't make some connections early on, I, I can see how it's very easy to just kind of withdraw from it and say, ah, they all know each other and I don't really know anybody, you know, or I had a coworker bring me out, but then my coworker missed the next two weeks and yeah, they're all friendly, but I, I don't know how to connect with these guys. And so that's kind of the journey I'm on right now is moving from site queue to looking for those guys, you know, who are the new guys? Who can I, saddle up next to and, and run with or talk to as the workout goes on and, and get to know those guys better so they feel welcome and there's that that passing of the torch so to speak yeah no i, I love that perspective i'm curious if you think um 
is that the way maybe we should be looking at this, right? Is that because I think so often we think like the new guys should be doing certain things to get connected, but maybe we we need to be doing more the opposite where our our guys that have been in it for a while need to be reaching out. How how do you think that works best? One thing I think that it's really difficult to encompass to an FNG is what F3 entails. Because if I asked anybody, even the most experienced guys, if I went and asked khakis or I went and asked, you know, tater tot said, hey, guys, distill down to a single sentence or two what this is. You can't. You can't. This you ever start explaining it to somebody like a coworker or somebody and you really want to get them out and you're like, this guy's perfect for this. And then you start talking and then you realize you've been talking for 10 minutes and you're trying to explain yeah. what a site queue is and what a shovel flag is and what is And maybe the best advice is just come out and just do it once. And then you get them to meet guys. I think we're, we're, I look back on my journey and I say one thing where I might have been, kind of lost it and not come back is had I not had the the foresight to just show up to a site and not depend on Bear Grylls and Dr. Thunder to bring me out yet again and again and again, but just to say, I'm going to go out and do this on my own and I'm going to meet some guys and I'm just going to talk to them. I'm going to ask them questions and find out what this is about and just kind of be vulnerable. Not everybody's like that. There's a lot of introverts. There's guys that really need to be pulled out of their shell and if they don't get that interaction within the first two, three, four workouts, I can easily see how there's that lack of connection and guys just saying, not for me. You know, I'll go back to the gym and run on the treadmill with some earphones. And um, and so that's a part where I think if we catch them early, catch them often, really try to get them to understand in pieces. You know, it's a, it's a, it's like eating an elephant. It's a lot to understand right off the bat. So if you just dive into the fitness part first and just get comfortable with exercises and the variability and the fun that we have and the jokes that are told and guys that are just having a good time, that keeps that's enough to keep you coming back. And then you can start to work on the second, the third F, uh, doing a VQ. And some guys they they're in it for two or three weeks and they're already on the V, you know, already on the Q schedule. That's awesome, but that doesn't mean that guys that are more tentative or want to wait six months or a year before getting on it aren't welcome as well. And so yeah. I think the retention of new guys, I think would be a lot better if we all collectively as a group make that a priority um, because yeah. that's me, me, if I look back, that's where I would have been lost if I was more introverted and didn't feel that connection and hadn't gone up to Escobar and, and he was gracious and had a good conversation with me. I mean, if guys were just quiet and in their little silos, I would have been like, hey, if you guys aren't posting, I'm not posting. And then it would become just little collections of guys that know each other showing up to the same site. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it's so key. I think, like you said, it's, it's just small, small bites, right? I mean, because you could go down the rabbit hole of like the Exacon out on the F3 Nation site, and now they have a, a video version of that. I mean, that you know, you could spend months just trying to figure out all the different names of exercises. Um, and some of it too, I, I think what I've learned over the years is you kind of got to gauge how interested is that guy? Like, do they really care about all these crazy names or they just want to make sure they know when somebody calls out an exercise, they know what to do. Right. Which is kind of yeah. what most people yeah. I think, start out. Hey, I have to ask you too, you know, as you were building relationships, 
Um, I know you and Truly kind of go way back, you know, back to the, the days of throwing Nintendos out the window. Uh, <laughs> he told me a story one time about that, but um, uh, uh, I don't know. So you guys, you guys grew up together, is that right? Yeah, so Truly and I have known each other since we were probably four or five years old. Grew up in Petersburg, Nebraska. Actually, is the home of Peg Leg as well. Uh, oh, and then Bear, Bear Grylls grew up just north of our town, about nine miles. So Bear Grylls and I played high school sports against each other, and then we played baseball with each other in the summer. Uh, and then Truly and Bear Grylls, their wives are uh, sisters. Yeah. So it's it's very connected. We've known each other for a long time. But, yeah, uh, Truly has been one of my best friends. I was best man at his wedding. Uh, we've known each other forever. And growing up a block and a half apart, um, pretty much every summer, every fall, um, we went to grade school together. We went to different high schools. He was a year behind me, but, um, yeah, I always been a very close friend and somebody I can rely on. And yeah, him and uh, I had talked to him after I had done the workout and I said, you got to come out and do this. And he had had, uh, bear girls working on him as well. And he, he started about a month after and just a guy you watch accelerate. It's been awesome to watch him. Um, tap into that competitive spirit he had and you know when he played sports and just how he uses that in the gloom and, and pushes himself but yeah one of the funniest guys i know for sure yeah well i'm curious have you has have those relationships changed or gotten any stronger you know those guys they've, that have been, been your friends for a long time but has f3 helped those yeah I think they've gotten better. Um, what I find, and maybe this is part aging too, you know, and that we're more comfortable in our skin. You know, we've gotten to know other guys. We've experienced friendships in the gloom with guys who've really had hard times. Uh, we've experienced some pretty hairy stuff. Uh, have really, you know, tortured backgrounds or maybe some things that have happened to them that you don't really know how they're still doing what they're doing. Um, and, and it really, if anything, just opens your eyes to how lucky you are to have that friendship, you know, and you're not afraid to say, you're not afraid to say, I love you. You're not afraid to hug a guy. Um, and, and maybe before there was some hesitancy to go that far, you know, and I think that's the part where you realize like, this is a, we got one shot at this thing called life, you know, and this is, don't be afraid to share your feelings. Don't be afraid to talk. Um, you know, for me, in the last year in particular, you know, I, I give great thanks to you and Gator for pushing me to, you know, start the whetstone and making that a Q source site because before that I had not attended a single Q source. I didn't know what Q source was and I'd been in it a year. And going through that process and hitting virtually every Q point all the way through and doing an entire year of that, I think there was maybe three weeks that I missed. Um, what an eye opener, uh, in terms of leadership, in terms of making yourself right, getting your family right and, and how that impacts your relationships, but also just the vulnerability of guys sitting around a cup of coffee and just sharing their story or pouring out a failure they had and how it helped them improve their ability to influence other packs, influence their family, become better fathers. I mean, there's not a man that's been consistent to F3 who I haven't, who, who would sit there and say, I'm not better today than I was when I started. You know, everybody around the table can share that story. All the versions of it look a little different, but it's all the same uh, in terms of I started here and now I'm here. 
I still have struggles. I still do this, but now I do this, this, and this, you know, and, and that's probably the greatest success that you can ever witness. And it's, it's literally these discussions we had and the knowledge that was shared from guys like Lincoln Log and Vlasic showing up. Um, they were a huge influence on me and also getting that Q source really sparked because of some of the conversations and, and how they can enfold the biblical perspectives too. You know, I think there's a lot of knowledge from both of them and how they shared that uh, with the group and it really got, you know, open guys eyes. A big unit was a big part of that as well. Been a tremendous influence on the Q source. And he was there this morning again with us and just always has a very unique perspective on, on life and how that influences his family. So uh, just uh, I, countless guys that I could thank uh, for helping me with that. But uh, yeah, I, yes, I long, long answer to your question is it's certainly impacted my close friendships, but also the ones that were maybe more, you know, tangential that I, th I think now are, are tighter relationships and I have no problem reaching out to guys and, and sharing my thoughts and, you know, and, and even at times, even with like our shield lock, just uh, maybe not being critical, but being honest with somebody, you know, if they ask a question, giving them an honest answer, not fluffing it up, you know. Yeah, well, that's so often what we what we need that we aren't getting in those other relationships, right? Because they're just not maybe quite deep enough or to the level they need to be, you know, you. You mentioned that so so this morning, um, Lincoln Logs launched the uh, the village site, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that um, you know I've been going through the Q source for many years now, and each time I read it, uh, there's something new that I find. And and I was reading through just the the uh, it's like the one dot one, right? The DRP Daily Red Pill, and and I realized yep. that. You know, the first few times I read that, I, I was applying it to like my fitness, right? But there's so much of taking the daily red pill in terms of mindset and finding purpose. And um, so I just love that you mentioned sort of the bricklaying piece of like, it, it really does just take some consistency over time, put some habits and routines in place, you know, and it, and it sounds like QSource was maybe a, Q, a key piece for you in developing friendships. I would be curious, like, how do we... How do we explain what Q source is to to like a newer guy? Like how 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 have we done that, or or I guess how have you got new guys engaged in that sort of second F, second third F type of, type of thing? The one um, I'll use Long Neck as an example, uh, only because I recall him. He attended the beatdown when we launched. I was either launch or the week after, and the first few Q sources he would attend, but I, you know, I would always introduce it during prayers and announcements. I would say, we're going to have Q source. And for those of you who don't know what this is, it's basically F3's leadership guide. In, in essence, that's what we're learning bit by bit, piece by piece. There's so many different aspects of leadership. We're just going to talk about one of those today. And that's all this conversation is about. The Q is going to lead us. They're going to ask questions. You don't have had to have read it. It's just Bring your unique perspective on how the how, how you're, you experience this at work, how you experience this in your home life, uh, maybe with family, uh, whatever that thing is that you can share. And, and if you don't feel like sharing, that's fine. You can sit back and just absorb it all. Have a cup of coffee. Enjoy it. And that really kept it very simple. And I recall Longneck um sitting in the corner of the table. I can still picture him. <laughs> you know, big, big, bushy beard and everything. And he was just like a wise sage. He's just sitting back there and he's just absorbing it all. 
not really talking much, just really soaking it in. And I think a few weeks in, then he started responding. You know, he'd start chiming in and giving his perspective. And there were several other guys that would do this throughout the year where they might have attended one. And then the next week they were there and the following week they were there. And then you would see him start to engage more. And it was like this evolution. I was no different. I was the exact same because I was going through all of this new as well. But having to be the, the site cue, I also had to be prepared to jump in the conversation because there were uh, a, a few guys who just really didn't feel confident in it or said, you know, I'm not really sure what to talk about or might, they kind of hit the, hit the skids a little bit. And that was okay. You know, it's no different than a queue. You know, if they're on a VQ and they're having trouble with the count or whatever it may be, it's like, we're all here to help you, you know? So I'd have some questions ready to go. Um, and in that process, just seeing guys kind of light up and then all of a sudden they're taking charge. I'd have at least two or three cues that I can recall coming up to me afterwards. And they're like, that was a year ago. I would have never have led a conversation like that. And and they were grateful for the opportunity um, because it put them in a vulnerable place. They had to talk about something that was a little bit deeper than anything they had before. And they had to lead that discussion. They had to be thoughtful about their questioning. They had to, you know, and you're not really, you know, the biggest thing I would tell cues too is you're not lecturing to them. You're not distilling all this down and giving them a lecture on this. All you're doing is just introducing the points. And let's write down three or four questions you want to know the answer to or you want to guys to just share about. And maybe this, I think the Socratic questions can throw guys off because they're, they're asked in a very, very interesting way. The wording is yeah. very interesting. And if you've read the, enough of the Q source, that's, it's kind of like guys are like, I, I really don't know what he's asking here. So I would say read through it and questions that seem interesting to you. Just go ahead and ask them. Write it down. You don't have to ask the Socratic questions. And I think some conversations really were really good, uh, really thoughtful, really deep when it was guys just asking whatever they felt like asking. Um, so that preparation, I think, for, for cues that are looking or cues that maybe have an upcoming cue source that they have to lead, that would be a piece of advice I would give is that nobody says you have to follow this point A to point B, you know, point Z. It's, you know, if you've got some questions that you think are more interesting to talk about, you're free to lead. Go for it, you know, and you can get some really good uh, discussion going. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Dredd clearly is a, is a lawyer, right? And some of his approach. <laughs> but, he, you know, he yeah. also writes it's it's really good for for guys because he it's a little bit repetitive too. I remember having my wife read it, read one of the articles one time, and she's like, "He just said the same thing like three or four times." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, isn't yeah. That great. <laughs> yeah, um, that's no, what we need. I yeah, I, I love that, and I, I think um, it's just cool to see other guys kind of leaning in, in in that way. You know, especially from my perspective, I, I can remember when they first started putting out the Q source content in 2018 and just thinking, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we could get a bunch of guys having these conversations? Cause that to me is what it's about. It's just, let's talk about, you know, some deeper things and not, there's no right or wrong answers that we're looking for. It's just, we need, we want to talk through it with other guys, get some other perspectives. So I appreciate you leading that. Um, you know, I would be curious to sort of how, maybe some of those discussions or the relationships fit into that third F for you, you know, maybe what's, what's has been your, your faith journey. I don't know if you grew up going 
uh, to church or anything like that, but, but if you would share with us kind of that third F piece. Yeah, um, I've always been Catholic, uh, raised by mom, dad, who were Catholic, still Catholic. Um, grandparents were Catholic. I went to Catholic high school. Um, it's really not veered off course from that. Um, I think there's one thing in particular, and I, my faith life is still very strong. You know, I my kids attend church, my wife, uh, we were married Catholic. Um and I think that's helped a lot. I've talked to couples before and even really good friends of mine who had two faiths that married and how difficult that transition was of trying to find which church do we go to? Where do we go? And I've had friends who have been Catholic a long time that actually left the Catholic church and went to other. But, you know, the nice thing about F3, and I think what guys initially, you know, I remember talking to Truly about this, um, was, oh, great, so I'm going to show up and get a lecture on, you know, faith because this is a big part of it. And it's like, no, no, it's actually the opposite. It's, it's very, you can talk about faith with guys. You can talk about the Bible. You can talk about no faith at all and just show up and get a workout in. That's totally okay. Uh, but it's there for guys that need it. And I, I really think it's an important part of what we do, even if it's not somebody reading from scripture, right? That That's not really the, the idea of what we're talking about. It's that there's, there's, there's something higher. There's something greater than us that we're working toward, um, no matter what faith that is. The one thing I think that has helped me expand my worldview, and I'm always looking to do that, but when you meet guys from no faith or from just different faiths, um, you really open up your mind to different perspectives, how they view the world, how they view leadership, how they view child raising how they view their marriage. Um, you know, Lincoln Logs' journey is really interesting. If you ever get a chance to talk to him about the faith he was raised in, and then his son coming back from college and saying, you read the Bible? He said, well, of course I read the Bible, you know? And he says, no, but do you really read it? And he would he would give his dad a quote, and he would say, that's not in the Bible. And he's like, yeah, it is. It's right here. And he's like, and that's when it kind of hit me. Like, I don't think I know as much as I thought I did. And really dove back into it and had like an entirely new faith journey, you know, so you're never too old to open that book and experience something new. And so sometimes different denominations can bring that out of me. And and I realize how deep people's faith are and they don't have to belong to the Catholic Church or a Lutheran Church or anything to claim that. And there's there's obviously some hypocrisy in religion, too. Right. There's people who say, I, I attend this church and they're. You you look at how they live their life and you go, okay, well, that's not, those two things don't jive. So it's not married to a name or a physical location or anything like that. Um, so I, you know, I accept people where they are. I love watching them grow and get better. And that part of the faith is, it, it's more unspoken in the gloom, but it's certainly important. I think I live it. I, I think I try to watch others live it. And by no means am I perfect, but uh, Q source these discussions come up too. Um, and guys are free to share that and you'll, you'll hear their perspective and then you watch how they live their life and you're like, that makes sense. That guy really does live exactly what he preaches, you know? Um, yeah. and that's, that's, that's really fun to watch. You know, I would be curious your perspective too, because I, I think what I've noticed or has intrigued me the most is just sort of the, all of the places that. God exists that we kind of miss out, right? If we're so focused on the church as being the place where religion happens, right? But it's like the stars in the morning on a run or just the laughter of a group of guys 
you know, working out, doing goofy stuff. You know, I think yeah. there's just so he's he's everywhere, right? And so right, I, don't know, right. I mean, uh, and then I, I've also noticed a lot of guys sort of in this space where they're they're searching, which is a good space to be in. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, you know they haven't given up, but they're not quite sure. How do you think we do at at sort of providing? resources or access to resources for guys that are in that searching phase? I mean, do you, do you feel like we guys have a, a way to explore their faith if they're at that point of their journey? Um, if you think about more like practicing and showing up at a physical location and, and praying in that, probably not. Um, and I don't know what the, what the, what the responsibility is of F3 to provide that for guys. I don't know the answer to that, um, but I will say this. Thanks to wait time, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago just about like careers. You know, when you get to your 40s and you're doing the same thing for 20 years and you're going, is there something better for me? He, he recommended a book called The Second Mountain. And a lot of the respect guys are reading this book right now. And I've been listening to the audiobook of this. And one thing they're covering right now in the book is about the difference between a career and a vocation. And what the transition is to find that thing. And that's where a lot of people, they said, your deepest human urges are called to go do this thing. Well, I think about guys like Vandalay and some of the folks that are heavily involved, Wentworth, um, the, their involvement with Heartland Hope and these different missions that we have around Omaha and things that we give back to on a monthly basis. You know, there's months where they might only have three or four guys from F3 volunteer and they bring a couple of kids with them. I've been lucky enough with my son to go down and do the food mission um, and, and doing the food pantry for a day. And that in and of itself, there, nobody's patting you on the back. Nobody's handing out pizzas or gift cards. You're there purely out of your own goodwill to give back to our community. Um, and that in and of itself, while it may be viewed through a fellowship lens, I consider it heavily through a faith lens. You know, this is yeah. this is why we're here. You know, we are here to give back. We are here to contribute. We are here to make others' lives better. There is no better calling. You know, it's we give it to our kids. We give it to our M. We give it to people close to us. But we always have to ask ourselves, are we just doing it in relationships where they're transactional? Or are we doing it purely of our goodwill and we don't expect anything in return? And the joy that you will get from that far exceeds any happiness you're going to get out of a transactional relationship. Um, yeah. So guys that want to grow in that area, I would encourage you to get on Slack. If you're not, if you say you can't find an opportunity or you don't have time, you're not looking hard enough because there are literally <laughs> things going on every single weekend that you can jump into and help out with. Yeah, well, for sure. And I, and I do think, I mean, to your point, it's, the opportunities are endless and that's something that i've really just enjoyed about the group right is there really are very few excuses you know for yeah agent some of that stuff i i would be curious you know in your your journey um it was before f3 but is there any like um challenges or maybe hardships or things that you felt feel like you've had to overcome that you think um you'd be willing to share that other guys could learn from or i guess kind of get trying to get at where how have you been so steadfast in your in your faith? Has there been anything that's sort of triggered that or just how you grew up or tell me more about that? Well, it's been easy for me in the fact that I'm I'm an open book. Anybody that knows me knows I don't really um I don't have an ulterior motive. I'm not angling and 
being quiet and, and holding back my, myself. If I got something on my mind, I just say it, you know, and, and I'm not a jerk when I do that. I'm not caustic when I do that, but I'll just share Like if I'm struggling with something, I'll share it. And I'm like, man, today is just not a good day. And, you know, and, and here's why. I think the ability to bring my struggles to the gloom and know that somebody's going to listen. Um, not that I'm trying to unload a, a garbage can of, of stuff on somebody's head, but it might just be a simple thing. Like, Hey, I'm really, this week, I'm really struggling connecting with my M, you know, um, we're trying to have a deep conversation about this and I couldn't do it. What do you do at home? You know, do you seem like you have a really good relationship with your M and you guys talk pretty openly. What's something that you do to get that conversation rolling? And it might be Vlasic saying, uh, I do this and this and this, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, I never really thought of that. And I'll try it and oh my gosh, darn, it works. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> but it's it's the vulnerability to just know that you can help a lot more often than not. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to somebody I'm helping them, but I'll bring, I'll bring my own struggles. I have no problem dumping those off and just seeing who can give me a hand that day, you know? Um, but it also, I think there's some subconscious teaching that you're doing to newer guys or maybe guys that aren't as vulnerable that they say, wait a minute, he just came and just unloaded some pretty serious stuff on us. I'm going to ask about this or tomorrow when I'm running with so-and-so, I'm going to just bring this up and see what they think. And guys are more encouraged than to start to be vulnerable, to start to ask deeper questions. You don't do it your first few weeks in, right? You, these are all strangers. What am I, I'm not going to unload all that. And guys that are introverts, it's, it's certainly a very hard thing to do, but that's where I think your level and your relationships and your friendships go to a much better level in a deeper level is when you can ask those things and you can also bring your own struggles. You know, nobody's perfect. We don't all have it figured out. Uh, and I hear guys say that time and time again, you know, when I showed up, I just thought you guys are all just fit as a fiddle and you show up and you're happy and your lives are great and your kids are great. And then I hear this guy saying, his one kid's been in the hospital several times. Uh, he's had to miss workouts because of this. Him and his M are going through a hard time. His M got fired from her job. You're hearing all this stuff and you're going, no, we all got we all got baggage. We all got days that are good. We have days that are not great. Um, and I think you learn more than anything to show up and just let that go and, and throw it out in the air. And you'd be amazed how many guys will help you with that and help pull you along. Or even if they don't have help, just to encourage you. Say, stick with it, man. You're doing the right thing. Or, you know, or hey, quit being so selfish. You know, what you're asking, have you ever thought about your M's perspective? And you go, yeah, you know what? Thanks for the punch in the face. I needed that. Right. Well, and, and I mean, to your point, it's like the way to teach, you know, humility, vulnerability, leadership, right, is often just through being an example. You know, and, and uh, you know, I think that's one of the best things we can do is just show up, be be an example of what those things look like, and then other guys kind of catch on. Um, yeah, I'm curious your thoughts. Um, you know, as we think about our mission, right? We're trying to invigorate male community leadership, mm -hmm. and you had an opportunity to do that as a site cue. You know, I, I would be curious, sort of what what was that experience like uh, for you? Did you learn anything? Um, and then something I want to make sure you touch on as you're sharing here is. Uh, how did you, you launched a QSource site and you did it really well. So I don't know if you have any tips or tricks you could share there, but I just, I feel like 
you know, we've tried at other sites and, and they've gone differently. Um, but I think you did a really good job with, with that and it was new to you. So I don't know, talk, talk us through that journey. Yeah. Thank you. Um, back to your first question was more about, go ahead, repeat that again. What were you saying? Yeah, just, you know, sort of our mission, right, to invigorate male community leadership. And, and we tried yeah. to do that through the site, site yeah. Q role. So what was your experience like? Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I think any site Q that's in it for a little while, you know, a couple months in, you start getting your footing. Um, and, and I think everybody's starting a new site's a little bit different, obviously. You know, if you go to a site that's been, that's existed and it's had a flair and it has a certain kind of mentality to it. You know, there's there's a certain group of packs that are pretty consistent about showing up to that site. There's a certain energy that a site holds. We've all been to different AOs and they all they all have a different vibe, right? I think they do. I think there's good humor in a lot of them, some that are way more humorous than others. Some that are pretty just they're they're, they're there for grinders. There's guys that are there to just tear it up that day. Um and so you get to put your own stamp on it, so to speak. And my stamp, and I think where I come from, going back to the last thing we just discussed, is that I'm pretty open. I'm pretty vulnerable. I, I don't really have a hard time talking about things that I may be struggling with or things that I'm reading that maybe I've found some benefit from. And I can help guys with that. Um I was really lucky because we talked before about that core group that I came in with back in 2021. And those guys were very close to me and still are. And I reached out to a lot of them initially to, to Q with the caveat that they were also going to lead Q source. And I think starting early, you know, the 515 start time certainly helps. Um, it does scare some guys away because they might like to pre-run, but 445 and leaving their house at 430 is a little, is a touch early. Um, but those guys got me off to an amazing start. I mean, I was two months in and we were off and rolling with QSource. We had great attendance. Um, I think it's um, imperative for a Q that wants to run a QSource and keep guys engaged in it is that you need a pretty good group of core attendees, guys that hit that same AO every week and guys that have time afterwards to grab coffee. Even if they can stick around to 620, 630, you're 20 minutes into the conversation at that point. And I think guys maybe sometimes feel bad leaving early. Um, guys at the Whetstone, we all got used to it. You know, there was guys that just had to get going for work at 630 and they would take off. But um, if you know that you can show up in 10, 15 minutes, have a cup of coffee and maybe listen in for a bit and then you got a bolt, no big deal. Because uh, even partial attendance would still be valuable. Um, and then when you would get guys to come who weren't used to it, didn't know what it was and could sit and listen to it and go for a few weeks, it all starts with the cue that day and how they present the topic and how they engage the crew. And then I think for the site cue, really important to have answers and jump in. It's no different than if you're queuing a workout, you've got to be able to, if you see that guy struggling, jump in immediately and help. Um, you know, you're not sitting back with your arms folded, being quiet and watching him struggle to grab the life preserver. Jump in and ask a question and go, what do you guys think about this? And then just keeps that conversation flowing. And if guys get value from that, they come back. They make it a point, you know, in the following week and the week after that, they're telling their M or they're scheduling their day in a way that, hey, I'm I'm not going to be home till close to seven because I'm going to go to Q source afterwards. And then it's just part of their week. 
Um, one thing I, I've noticed and I think might be part of the struggle, and I've talked to Lightbright about this too in Fancy Feast, was if guys do a Q source and everybody's aligned on the same point, guys aren't going to go multiple days a week to a Q source. So if they if they get it at a better site or a site that's more consistent where there's better attendance early in the week, they're not going to hit it up the other days of the week. And and back to the uh, certain AOs having a flavor, you know, of like, hey, this is a really fun day. We It's a Friday. We like to goof around and joke around and catch up with each other because we haven't seen each other all week. Really hard to lock into a Q source discussion at cafeteria on those sites. That's just my observation. Yep. I think yeah, it's also sure. hard to do. I think it's hard to do Q source. Um, and, and I give Barndor a lot of credit. He he was very thoughtful in you know, let's do, let's do a ruck, let's do a run, let's try to do this Q source uh, on the move at the maze. And I think that was a brilliant um, attempt to, to find other places to instill Q source. Having gone through it for a year, I think what I noticed is there, it, there's a lot of material. There are some weeks where it's six, seven pages of pretty dense reading. And to introduce a topic with three questions and then say, go, and everybody takes off. I think it was really hard for guys to latch into that. Could you read about something ahead of time and ruck with maybe five guys that all read it and then have three questions that you talk about as you ruck? I think that's a very reasonable thing to do. But again, you don't know this until you try it. And that's what I love. Like nobody's afraid to just throw an idea, see if it sticks to the wall. And if it doesn't, move on. If it does, you found another great avenue to introduce guys to the Q source. So uh, I love that guys are willing to try different things like that. Yeah, well, and, and part of the, the LDP, right, is like failure is a, a key component to that, that we want to almost intentionally fail, like let that steward the growth of, of leadership and our understanding of the packs, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think that's perfect. I, I'm curious, uh, you know, as you think about uh, your time as a site queue. Any other advice for site queues, or maybe it's new guys, or anything you would share there to, to maybe help a new guy engage, or to help a site queue be more successful? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that as a site queue, one of the most important duties I, I had, and I really embraced it. Uh, it was a couple months in. You're finding your footing. You're trying to figure everything out. You're also still trying to get your workout in, right? Um, I've, I've, I really leaned back and started becoming more of the, the six, um, as, as the site queue, the queue who's running it, they're crushing it. They're doing great. They've got everybody on the move, sweats high. Everybody's having a great time, but I, I found a lot of good conversations, um, running with the six, um, doing exercises with the six, being on the back end of that and also doing, uh, assessing that everybody's safe, that everybody's doing okay. You know, we assume we, we assume those things are fine, but we run on streets. You know, we see cars coming. Uh, we assume everybody's going to be okay until you run into a driver at 5 a.m. who's speeding down a road and late for work and somebody's running without a light on. And next thing you know, we're, we're at a funeral. You know, I, I do not want to see that happen. I think as a site queue, you have to take safety first and foremost. You have to look out after the six and you might be sacrificing your workout that day. That's okay. You know, that's okay. You're going to have some great memories from the guys you stuck back with and help them push through a workout uh, and some really good conversation and maybe make some amazing friendships as a result of that 
that willingness to lead from the rear. So yeah. that's that's yeah. the one thing I think side cues really have to remember, and and one thing I I really embraced as I got toward the end of my time. Yeah, I I love the call out to safety too. You know, I think it's you know you're you're wearing black, right, and then you're you're uh-huh. out there really. Um, you know, could it, like you said, could could end in a really bad spot depending on you know what what goes down. So I do think that's a huge responsibility of the psyche. And you know, to your point, right, really getting in that uh, living third mindset, right, where you're, you know, yes, you want to work out, but at the end of the day, the safety of the guys coming to your site is is the priority, right, above your calorie burn or whatever your yep. measurement is of, of the fitness. And also that's why we pre-run, right? Sometimes, right? <laughs> so you can get that out. Right. Um, you know, I, I think something I want to call out too, that I, I just love the, the way that you did this, but something I noticed that was simple, but with QSource, uh, as I was thinking back, you, you always announced the topic as part of announcements so that it was really mm-hmm. clear to guys like, Hey, we're, you know, we are having QSource today. Here's the topic. You should come so that even if it was a new guy's, you know, first workout, they still had an opportunity to engage in that uh, conversation, um, which I thought was really cool. You know, we don't always include that as announcements. We just expect people to know it's happening um, and it's not really intuitive. Right. So I, I think I love that you did that sort of simple thing. Um, I would be curious too, you know, from your perspective, um, anything else that maybe, you know, we didn't cover or any sort of key components or things that you would want to share that, that you just really want to get off your chest or share with guys that are listening? Um, yeah, I mean, just the most recent thing in my mind is something that, you know, I talked about balance with uh, workouts, beat downs, pre-runs, uh, coffee, uh, second half, third half opportunities. There is so much for you to bite off if you want it, um, but you are not less of a man, less of a, a member of F3 if you post one day a week versus six days a week. Yep. You know, we're we're all on this journey. We're trying to accelerate. We're trying to become better. But that looks different for everybody. And for me, you know, what, what I, I watch guys our age who are hitting it up hard, doing double murfs. You know, I just talked to um, um, home alone today you know just about his back injury and uh, completing his second murph of the day that day and it, it's you get these weird soft tissue injuries when you're you're getting a little bit older you know and you do something innocuous such as go from a, a merkin to standing up and all of a sudden boom you feel a twinge in your back i've lived through it uh, I, I injured myself at the armory about a year and a half ago um, and i fought a back injury for two or three months um so to me, I, I, I've made a transition to, I, I value balance in my life and being available. The ability to come out and run, the ability to go uh, meet guys on different days of the week and do these things. I value much more than being the fastest guy in the group and setting some record in iron packs. You know, that's me. Um, there might be a guy like Varga who's an absolute you know, beast and can just shred these records or black lung, you know, people like that. I, I, I have an admiration immensely for those guys, just the same as I had admiration for, uh, the fridge and, you know, tea party and guys that, um, have lost 80 pounds, you know, and, and 
completely transform their lives. It's all equally inspiring to me. Um, so I value lots of different ways that this can look in F3 and it doesn't all take on the same shape and size. Uh, every guy's journey is different. What they're after is different. Their family demands are different. And as long as we remember that and each guy remembers that, you know, if you're not feeling it on a day, it's okay. You know, we had a good talk with Q source this morning about this in the daily red pill. Daily red pill doesn't mean you get up every day and you do a double Murph and run 10 miles. Right. Yeah. It, right. it might be that it might be that you wake up and make your kids breakfast and start their day off on a good note. And you have to go for a run later in the day. That's okay. You're still taking the daily red pill. Right. Um, so that's the thing that I probably learned the most. And if you talk to me six months from now, it, it, it might look different than it looks as I'm sitting here today. And that's okay. It's an evolution. Uh, but don't feel bad about that. You know, and if guys that you're running side by side are saying, hey, I'm going to go out and run a 10K Sunday morning, and your Sunday morning looks like coffee and uh, sleeping in with your wife and going out on the deck and having a good conversation, then that's your day, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad you shared that because I've certainly been through, you know, seasons where I was a six day a week guy. And then I, when we had our second kid, I was zero days a week. <laughs> and now yep. I'm sitting like four, four days a week. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Because, because, you know, fitness fellowship and faith are really these vehicles that can help support us as we're trying to uh, prioritize the, the relationships in our life. Right. So, you, so, mm -hmm. but ultimately those relationships are where the priority is. And I think it's confusing. Um, you know, you kind of get lost in that, right. It's like, well, wait a minute, I want to be a part of this group, but like F3 is not, is not the, the thing you have the relationship with, right. It's the people, uh, and yeah. in some cases, you, you know, you, you're, you're mammon, but you know, it's, it's just interesting to, to hear the different perspectives on that. Cause I think it, it can easily be seen as like, oh, I'm not a part of the group unless I'm doing all the things. And that's certainly not right. the case. So I, I love that you shared that because I think that's a key message. Even like I remember Reba um, is a Redwood, right? But Saturday was like the only day that would work worked for his family. Mm -hmm. I love seeing him on Saturdays, right? And it's like you just pick up where you left off. And I think that, that opportunity is there for a lot of guys. Um, but we got to make sure we communicate that so that they don't kind of drive away thinking they have to be out there every day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess just to sort of wrap up here and I just want to tell you, thank you for, for your leadership and for just sharing your story here. I think it's really relatable. And I think a lot of guys look up to you. So just appreciate your time. I, I am curious if there's anything uh, that maybe you're going through that when we see out there, we could be encouraging you on or anything that we could be praying for anything in that space. Um, right now I think it's, um, you know, I got my, my kids take up a lot of my time in, in a good way. You know, they're 15, 13, 11. I think the thing right now that I'm, I, and I've struggled with this, it's not as bad when they're young, you know, cause you have a tremendous influence on your child. I think when you got a sophomore in high school and a seventh grader and a sixth grader, they're they're developing their own lives they're developing friendships and maybe you don't always approve of those friendships um maybe you do maybe there's kids that they're they're, they're trying to find their way in life it might be through sports it might be just connections at school it might be grades um but i'm i i wouldn't say i'm battling this but i'm really trying to find that balance of 
hands off, let you find your own way in this journey, but I'm here for you if you need you. Uh, and those that have been through this, I'd really like to get their perspective if they've been through this, if they got kids in high school, college, you know, anybody that can just be like, you know, my son went through a problem when he was a freshman or a sophomore, and then, you know, you see him start to change or, you know, is the most important thing just being available to him, uh, to let them know you're there and you love them. And, you know, cause that there's no, there's no manual for it. And everybody's kids are different. They're different temperaments. I got three, they're all entirely different temperaments, you know, and how you handle each one of those is, is just a daily, it's a daily challenge. You know, it's not a grind. It's not, it's, it's not this bad thing, but it's a challenge. And if, uh, if you, if anybody has a magical formula, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> but I think it's just day-to-day, season-to-season, mood-to-mood, you know, how you how you manage that. And so that's the area I want to have a big impact on because in a few years, they're all going to be gone. And, and that's, that's going to be that's going to be a sad day, you know. And I'm trying to enjoy all these last memories I have with them before they go off and start their own lives. So, Yeah. Well, Papa Smurf is somebody I talked to recently about that. So if you, if you see him, maybe get his story. But I, I would also say it's probably like like many things where we can influence, but we're not in control, you know. Right, so that's, right. That's, that's the scary part. That's where the faith comes in. Well, man, yeah. this was great. Let's uh, we'll, uh, do a little name-a-rama here. Uh, I'll start us off. Brandon Flaherty, 37, The Plague. And Brandon Rex, 44, T-Ball. T-Ball. And do we do like a ting? afterwards i don't know nobody's ever come up with anything solid so i just move on <laughs> yeah just move on I love it, man. Yep. Well, hey thanks for your time today really appreciate, appreciate you it. brother good to see you man yep Have you too talk to you later